Hey there, my friends. Welcome to the Links to Messiah podcast, where we are passionate about teaching our children all about the connections between the Old and New Testament. I'm your host, Rachel Links Kushner, also known as the Chief Enthusiasm Officer of Links to Messiah. I'm so thrilled to have you join us today. Come along and learn how your family and children can grow in their faith as you discover the beautiful links that God reveals throughout Scripture about the history of His people and His Son, Jesus, our Messiah. Hello to my friend, Moose. We call him Moose. He's known as David Garrett as well. Thank you for being here today. Oh, it's a pleasure, Rachel. I'm looking forward to it. Nice to see you again. I know. It's been so long. I was thinking about it just a minute ago. So I was like, okay, so David and I go back, not just years, but we go back decades. So when you and I first met, you were my boss at Jews for Jesus in San Francisco. And in 1994, when I was working with and for you, I found out that I was pregnant with our first daughter, Sarah, and she turns 30 this year. It's crazy. We had so much fun. You were fun. You're fun. Oh my gosh. (laughs) We had a great time. I played so many jokes and tricks on you and you were such a good sport. I loved it. Me too. It was so much fun. Before we dive into like our conversation about why the Old Testament and Jewish feasts are important to teach our children, can you just share with us a little bit about your family? Of course, your wife, Kathleen, whom I love, but tell us about your children, your grandchildren. And then of course, we need to know why are you known as Moose? Okay. I've been involved with Jews for Jesus since 1975 and on staff for 42 years, been married for 43 years to my lovely wife, Kathleen, (laughs) who's a Minnesotan. So when she gets excited, she breaks out into Minnesotan, which highly entertains me. And we have two (laughs) lovely daughters. We couldn't have children for about 10 years. And God blessed us with two daughters, uh, Virginia and Monica, and they are married now. Virginia lives in Colorado with her husband, Joshua, and they have four boys. Four! Simeon, who's eight, Malachi's six, Eli is four, and Daniel's two. And Josh... Those beautiful names. Right, and they are... And Joshua's a pastor in Greeley, Colorado. And then our youngest daughter, Monica, is married to Noah... And they have two children, Lila, who's four, and Clay, who's two. And he's a pastor just outside of Chicago. And both daughter... Both of your girls are married Exactly. And they all, both couples met in college together. And then got the, each couple got married and off to seminary and now in ministry. Wow, that is awesome. What a testament that is to you and Kathleen and to your parenting. <laughs> Kudos to you. But of course, we know the Lord ab- is in control ab- of all absolutely. of that, still. And about 1990, Moish Rosen, the founder of Jews for Jesus, had a deep burden for the next generation. He saw all of these Jewish believers, young Jewish believers getting married and then having kids. And he had he 
always engaged with kids, by the way. He, he kept a drawer full of toys in his desk, and whenever a child came to visit, they got to open up the drawer and pick their toy. He always wanted to engage them at meals and ask them about what their interests were, their opinions, all kinds of things like that. Adopted all of our children as like his grandkids. And so he had a deep burden for the next generation and uh, saw that there were young Jewish children who have parents who are believers, but Jewish. And how does it all work? Am I Jewish? Am I Christian? How does it, how do I fit into everything? And so he had a desire to start Camp Gilgal. And Gilgal's the place where the people of Israel camped after they crossed the Jordan River into the Promised Land. And the purpose is to raise up new generations of Jewish believers and Messiah. So I ran that for 25 years and uh, directed our children. Just 25 years. Yeah, directed our children in youth ministry for 30 years. Now I work with alumni, those who grew up in the program and minister to them. But uh, Moose is just my camp name. So uh, people call me David or Moose, either one. Yeah. I know that my sister, Debbie, whose camp name was Buzz, was one of your counselors for, I don't know, one or two or several summers. Exactly. And I'll even say that it's present tense. Uh, She still is Buzz. She'll always be Buzz. (laughs) She still is Buzz. She is. She's always buzzing around doing something. That has not changed. (laughs) Let's jump in and let me just ask you a few questions. This will be brief. I like to keep our podcast short because we have a lot of young, busy moms listening, and I want them to be able to listen to an episode quickly and walk away with something practical that they can do. So tell me from your perspective, you told us a little bit already about, tell me why is it important to teach our children the Old Testament? Why does that matter to teach our children? Well, for the moms out there, I'm excited for you because it's a great opportunity. Aside from just the feasts and the Old Testament, one of the things that I've learned over and over as I now get older is that a bit of a fascinating thing is why older people like history? Why is it that older people like history? And it dawned on me Just a little while ago, the reason why older people like history is because they have more pieces of the jigsaw puzzle. When they were younger, they only had a few pieces. When you're a child, you only have a few pieces. As you age and get older, you have more pieces of the puzzle. And then when you get, and then the older you get, the more pieces of the puzzle you have, the more you want, the more you see, and it fits into the whole. And I would say about the Old Testament, I would say about the feast. It gives your children more pieces of the puzzle. They begin to understand it. They begin to see it. They begin to have the context for it. And it's just not random pieces out there. That's such a good visual. I'm such a visual person. And what's funny is on my dining room table right now, I have a big jigsaw puzzle that I'm working on. I'm working on those edges, right? Which is just the very framework. But in order to fill in the entire thing to to get the whole picture, you really have to understand both the Old and the New Testament. So I, I love that analogy. 
Hey friends, I am interrupting this podcast for just a quick moment. I wanted to let you know that we have a lot of free resources available for you over at linkstomessiah.com. If you click on the resources tab, you're going to find a lot of goodies. We have a blog and we have a story time where I love to read some wonderful books out loud for your children. And we always have seasonal free activities. So head on over to linkstomessiah.com. You can check out all the goodies. You can also easily hop over there by looking at the show notes. And now back to the Links to Messiah podcast. So let me ask you, why is it important for Christians to understand the origins of these feasts and festivals? Or even just tell me maybe what your favorite Jewish holiday or feast might be and why. One of the things that I do, and I regularly speak in churches, so I have a message called From Jerusalem to All Who Are Far Off, and it deals with the three pilgrimage feasts. The Feast of Pass from Jerusalem what? to All Who Are Far Off. Uh, and, in Acts and, in Fes- oh, and in Acts great. and in Ephesians, both those, that term, those who are far off, are mentioned. And back to the feasts, in these three pilgrimage feasts, you have Passover and then the Feast of Weeks, which is Pentecost, and you have the Feast of Tabernacles. These were times of pilgrimage where the people were coming into Jerusalem. Jerusalem at the time of Jesus maybe was perhaps 30 to 50,000 people. The historian Josephus said that there were as many as 2 million people in Jerusalem at the time. When you're reading the scriptures, when you're reading the gospels, and you're reading about all of these trips to Jerusalem, and this feast is happening, and they're randomly taking these palm branches and doing this and doing that, and Jesus talking about the living water and all of this, and they're all connected to the feast. He, the, the, the people who were part of it understood. And actually, Jesus used those three feasts to tell who he was. With the Feast of Tabernacles, he said, that would be will come rivers of living water. The water pouring ceremony yes. the high priest did every day during the Feast of Tabernacles. During Passover, he became our Passover lamb. Uh, and also during Passover, uh, when the people greeted him with palm branches and everything, it, it was for a reason. That was like they knew the song, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord from Psalm 118. They knew that by heart. That just came out because they sang it all the time. The palm branches weren't random pieces of vegetation, but because they knew what the palm branches were for and they were recognizing that he was the one. And at Pentecost, all of these throngs of people in Acts chapter 2, it talks about how they came from all of these places that we can't even pronounce. That's because they had to come to the, they had to come to the pilgrimage feast. 3,000 people came to faith in Jesus that day, and they went out and told the world. There, God had a plan and a purpose through those feasts. And so for you to be able to, you moms, parents out there, be able to tell your kids, this is what happened. This is why it happened. This is the purpose that God was showing his people and ultimately the world. It's very exciting and it gives your kids more pieces of the puzzle. It is so exciting. And David, as you were speaking, I had goosebumps thinking about the palm branches and the fact that 
our ancestors were able to just quote all of these Psalms. Like it was in their heart. They knew it's very different than what it is today because it's so easy to just Google things or whatever. Wow, that's awesome. I love how you pulled all together with those three important feasts, Passover, weeks. Yeah, and with with Jesus, he was celebrating these feasts. Being Jewish, his his followers, his disciples were celebrating it. So to really understand the gospels, to really understand what Paul's talking about, when he says the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep and he's pulling from the feast, all of these things are to enable your children to be able to understand the Bible better and understand what God was doing, not only with his people back then, but even to now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Awesome. What's your favorite Jewish holiday? I would say it would be the three. I, I, I can't pull one out, a, a single one out. I would say the okay. three pilgrimage feasts. And when I started to make overlay the connection of the history of la, Jesus's last few months on earth and then up to Pentecost, hmm. and I started to do that by those feasts and as a historical timeline, I could see, whoa. God, this is what you were doing, and you were gathering the people together to let them know who you are, what you wanted to do, and then you sent the people out from there, from there to tell everybody, including us. So that gets me yes. excited. Yes. It, I can see. I hear it in your voice. I see it in your face. I know people listening can't see your face, but like you're, you are all lit up, and your eyes just light up. Awesome. So can you think of some practical ways? Like, I guess I'm thinking like about your grandkids. So what are some practical ways that like parents, grandparents, educators can incorporate some of these Old Testament lessons and stories into their I would say, first of all, just become a little bit aware of it yourself. Do some reading, do some uh, Google search. Definitely connect with the links to Messiah uh, and and get information there. Well, of course. Uh, I cheer you on, by the way. Good job. But anyway, be informed and then incorporate that in with your teaching because the Old Testament, the New Testament, they're not separate. They're not a, it's not a, a kind of a different thing going on in the Old Testament. It's the continuity of God's work throughout history and ultimately his That's plan right. of salvation. And you can't, by using these pieces of the puzzle, you get to explain, not, not only learn for yourself, but also for your kids to be allowed them to see more of the yes. picture. And it's not these random things that are happening. And I would say, use all the senses and start simple. Don't think that in order to yeah. be able to do this at all, I've got to, for Passover, I've got to do a full-blown Seder or for Feast of Tabernacles, I've got to build a, 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 and a tent, a dwelling. But I would say to even start small. For instance, sure. uh, during Passover, it might be to use, uh, cook a few recipes traditional Jewish recipes that could teach and and be used as teaching tools because even those food items are for a purpose and are object lessons that could be used to teach. And also we know just in learning to be able to smell, to be able to see, to be able to taste, to be able to feel 
to be able to experience yes. anything that you experience, you're going to learn a lot more than just simply sitting down and reading something about it. So I would say try and be hands-on, try and keep it simple, try and use it as a way of bridging the gap between things. The Apostle Paul, Jesus himself, Peter, when they spoke, they pulled out these snippets of things from the Old Testament to make a point in a way that people could understand. We can do that as parents and grandparents. I use those as building blocks to help them understand. Absolutely. I love how you said, keep it simple and keep it hands-on and use all the senses. Like the links to Messiah boxes. I know, good. We have... I know we have music, we have recipes, there's things that you can read, things that you can watch, games that you can play, things you can touch, so that it's like this all-encompassing experience. It's not um, a box where you, here's a box, here's the instructions, put together, now you have a toy. It's a whole experience. I personally, as a teacher, as a mom, educator, Hitting all of the senses, I think, is really important. It's like a full body, a full-blown immersion. Also, another thing is have fun. Rachel, you're a fun person. So that's another thing I like about you and what you're doing. You make it fun. But one of the ways, examples, like at camp, we would build a sukkah. And they would get all involved with it or do a Seder and they would be be involved in making the food items and things like that. But a sukkah, we did something so simple as it was real hot and we were building a sukkah right before swim time. So everybody was getting ready for pool time. And one of the staff decided that he would create a sukkah dance. And we have it somewhere. I have it on video. And uh, they danced around, snapping their towels around, made a, made up a sukkah <laughs> science song for it. And it was just yeah, something really I fun and memorable. Yep. Yeah. Those, and that's something, all those kids that were involved in that sukkah dance, they will remember for the rest of their lives. It's a lifetime memory. I could talk to you for hours and you are so full of wisdom and knowledge and all your experience. And I appreciate you sharing it with us. And I know that the moms and dads, grandparents who will be listening are going to have some really good takeaways. So I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. And thanks for being such a great boss all those years ago and letting me (laughs) torment you with all my silly jokes. God bless you (laughs) and your ministry. All right. Thanks, David. Thank you for being a part of the Links to Messiah podcast family. Your support means the world to us and your feedback and engagement keep us going strong. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share this podcast with your friends and family. Let's continue growing this incredible community together. Until next week, keep reading the Bible to your children keep their curiosity burning, and keep coming back for more tips to anchor your child's faith to Jesus, our Messiah. This is your host, Rachel Lynx Kushner, signing off with a big smile and a heart full of gratitude.